this is Katie Tang with Ag Country Farm Credit Services. We just wanted to put an update out there on some of the legislative changes that have taken place in the wake of the COVID-19 outbreak. Late last week, Congress passed the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, or CARES Act. The president signed that into law. There are a lot of benefits to individuals and businesses. This summary is going to focus on those that will benefit farmers and agriculture. I do want to preface this with the fact that these are guidelines. The rules for these programs have not yet been written. So there are things that we don't know. Look at this as an overview. And as we get more details and we move through this process, we will update accordingly. Uh, The very first program that probably got the most attention is that there will be direct payments to individuals. That is very similar to what we saw in 2008. Single Americans would receive uh, $1,200 under the CARES Act. Married couples filing jointly would get $2,400. Parents will see $500 for each child under age 17. However, there is a phase-out process. If you are single and you have an adjusted gross income of more than $75,000, you will get a lower payment. And those who are single with an AGI of over $99,000 are not going to qualify at all. The thresholds are going to double if you are a married couple filing jointly. One program we have gotten a lot of questions about is the Paycheck Protection Program. We do not have all the details on that. But what this is is a forgivable loan program administered by the Small Business Administration. It will include loans for up to two and a half months of payroll and payroll expenses. The loan and the interest can be forgiven at the end of the term if those funds are used for payroll, rent, utilities, and other qualifying expenses, and the number of employees is not reduced. The program is available to small businesses, sole proprietors, independent contractors. What we're waiting on right now is clarification if farmers are eligible and if it can be used for their own personal income. In a conference call on Monday with Senator Hoven, he stated he does believe that farmers will be eligible for this program. We just have not gotten the rules out. So they are working on that. We will get out more information as appropriate. Another item of note, the Commodity Credit Corporation, or CCC, received $14 billion. That is meant to replenish the CCC's borrowing authority. Remember, the 2018-2019 MFP payments were all paid using CCC funding. This replenishes those funds, and while we don't know that there will be a program, it would give them the flexibility to offer assistance at a later date. There's also some funding for livestock producers and specialty crops. An additional $9.5 billion in separate funding to USDA was set aside. There is not a program developed for the funds at this time. Senator Hoven, again on Monday, said that he's working with USDA and livestock producers to help develop a program, but we have no idea what that might look like right now. Hospitals. Stimulus package would provide $117 billion for hospitals. According to an estimate from the American Hospital Association, the bill creates $100 billion of public health and social emergency fund to reimburse providers for expenses and lost revenue related to the pandemic. Of that amount, $65 billion is set to go directly to hospitals, and then the rest would be funneled to doctors, nurses, suppliers. Uh, Senator Hoven said North Dakota hospitals are expected to receive about $1.25 billion. We don't know for Minnesota and Wisconsin, uh, but they'll receive money as well. There is going to be money in the bill for emergency food assistance, $450 million. Uh, That program supplies food banks, which are expected to see a big uptick in activity as job losses mount. Some $350 million is set aside to buy additional food. 
and another 100 million is going to be used for distribution. It also appears that the bill is going to provide billions in additional funding for the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or food stamps and child nutrition. Please note it does not expand eligibility or the benefits, but they are expected to see a large segment of the population that moves in to territory of being eligible because of job loss. Support for broadband. The bill provides $100 million in reconnect grants to expand access to broadband in rural America. That money is for educational purposes, businesses, access to critical telehealth services, and $200 million is set aside for a one-time telehealth program that will be administered by the FCC. There's also a lot of tax relief, temporary changes to federal tax law. We're going to address those separately, but just make sure you stay in communication with whoever is your tax preparer and see if any of those will apply to you. Some other notes as to what this legislation offers. Student loan payments are going to be suspended. The Department of Education will suspend payments and interest on certain student loans through September 30th. There's also going to be a boost in unemployment benefits for anyone collecting those. The federal government is going to give jobless workers an additional $600 a week for four months on top of the state benefit. The state benefit depends what state you're in, but it's going to range from about $200 to $600 a week. Regulatory relief. There's actually quite a bit of regulatory relief in there for agriculture. First is with FSA loan servicing. If you have an FSA loan, FSA is going to extend deadlines for producers to respond to loan servicing actions, including loan deferral considerations for financially distressed and delinquent borrowers. FSA is also going to temporarily suspend loan accelerations, non-judicial foreclosures, and they're going to start referring foreclosures to the Department of Justice. The U.S. Attorney's Office is going to make the determination whether to stop foreclosures and evictions on accounts that are under its jurisdiction. There's a lot that, that's going to go into this, but more information, if you want it, will be posted on www.farmers.gov backslash coronavirus. I'm sure those will change you know, over the course of days and weeks. The Environmental Protection Agency has also relaxed rules on concentrated animal feeding operations. If a facility is an animal feeding operation and because of disruptions caused by the pandemic can't move animals off site and because of that inability to transfer animals, they suddenly meet the regulatory definition of a CAFO, EPA is not going to treat such operations as the CAFOs and that's under its enforcement discretion. But if you're a small CAFO and you have an increase in animals because of this, because you can't transfer them off, so you're now qualified as a medium CAFO. They're not going to enforce it that way. If you're medium and you move up to a large, same thing. Uh, EPA memorandum is out on their website. And then as we get closer to planting, Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration has changed some of the rules that will be of interest to a lot of people. Initially, it just covered medical equipment, food, other products to keep store shelves stocked. That was updated last week, so now it does include fuel transfers. Uh, they also took a few other steps. One, they're going to provide a waiver extending CDL and DOT required medical exams that expire after February 29th. That deadline is now moved out to June 30th. They're going to issue some guidance to provide flexibility to mandatory random drug tests and alcohol tests. And there's also going to expand relief on the hours of service limitations to agricultural suppliers and a number of commodities, fertilizer, and feed fall under that right now. We are 
under the impression that they are reviewing seed at this time, and we hope they're going to release that list of covered commodities in the near future. As for crop insurance, April 29th is the 2019 production reporting deadline for most of the crops in our territory. That has been moved back by 30 days. If you require a written agreement, deadline for submission of written agreements has been pushed back to the acreage reporting date if you need that. And then lastly, for those that utilize the H-2A labor program, the State Department is working to expedite those visa applications for seasonal farm workers. One move they have is that they have waived the interview process if it's a returning worker. But one thing you need to keep in mind is that when you're bringing in the H-2A labor, they have to be isolated for 14 days, even to the point of someone else getting their groceries and essentials. Once they get in the wherever it is they're staying, they have to stay there and they have to stay isolated. There is more information on that again at the www.farmers.gov website. We just want to say we're going to do our best to keep this updated. We know everyone's starting to get busy and anxious to get in the field. Uh, we're going to try to keep these as audio so you have the ability to listen while you're completing that work. Uh, we know everything is not stopping just because of this outbreak. There's still a lot of things that are going to have to be done, but we'll keep you updated as much as possible. If you have any questions, you can talk to your loan officer or your insurance specialist or tax specialist, or you can go to www.agcountry.com. We'll get those questions answered for you as soon as possible. Again, this is Katie Tangen with Ag Country Farm Credit Service.